Welcome to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. My name is Kim Ludeman, and I am your confidence connoisseur, here to help you break diet dependence, end body shame, and learn to love being you inside and out. Join me as we demystify current health and wellness trends, understand what health really means, and find freedom from living life the way you think it should be. With that, let's go to the show. But I'm so excited to have the incredible Tony Hammer with me today. She is an amazing freelance writer and author of the amazing book, Is It Bedtime Yet? Also had an amazing blog post that went viral that is a letter to her daughter. And if you have not read that yet, you need to get yourself over there. I'm going to give you the link in the show notes to TonyHammer.com so you can read that because it is amazing. So Tony, welcome to the show. Hi, Kim. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so glad we finally got this to work, Tony. Oh my gosh. Spent at least the last 35 minutes trying to get technology on our side, and we did it. We did it. We conquered. (laughs) We did. It's amazing. And I'm so glad because I just feel like you have so many incredible stories and thoughts to share that are just amazing. And I've had the privilege of knowing Tony. Oh my gosh. Has it been 15 years? No. No. 12, 12 or 13. It might be coming up on 13 years now. Gosh, time flies. Yes. That's crazy. Well, Tony and I went to Multnomah, what was then Multnomah Bible College, and it's now Multnomah University, and we were students there together, and that's how we met. And I've been so fortunate to be able to follow her on social media and see the amazing things that she's doing. And I had to bring her on today just so that you could laugh with her, that you might (laughs) cry with her, that you would resonate with her because she's got amazing things to say. So Tony, why don't you kind of kick it off and maybe tell us a little bit about your like backstory, a little bit of how you got where you are today. Sure. Um, let's see. So I, um, I'm a freelance writer and author and that all started because, um, when my husband and I got married almost 10 years ago, then we were both on the same page that, um, we weren't going to have any children. It just wasn't our jam. We just weren't really interested. I personally was, did not feel like I was called to be a mom. Um, and then about seven years ago today, then uh, I took a pregnancy test, and it turns out that um, I was pregnant with my now six-year-old daughter, Lily, um, despite the fact I was on the pill. So just oh an eye to everybody. Doesn't always work. There is that possibility. Um, wow. And so I became a mom. Um, and then <laughs> the really, this is... Uh, the, the other switch to this is that about three months after Lily was born, um, I took another pregnancy test and lo and behold, I was pregnant with her brother. So they are 355 days apart. Oh my gosh. <laughs> which, uh, is quite intense, especially for somebody who never desired to be a mom. So, um, when Lily was around two and Levi was around one, then I decided I was going to write a book. I'd always enjoyed writing. Um, 
I'd always enjoyed telling stories and words for my friends. And so I decided I was going to write a funny book about motherhood, about how I was uh, the mom who never wanted the job. That's how I started. That's the name I started to call myself. And so uh, in doing that, then I learned how to uh, write a book proposal, how to get a literary agent, how to pitch a book. And um, through that process, then I started freelance writing for big sites like Scary Mommy and Babble and HuffPost. And that kind of leads me to where I am now. Lily is now six and Levi is five. And I've been a professional freelance writer for about four years now. Wow. That is just so incredible that you were able to have this huge identity shift because you thought, I'm not going to have kids. I don't want kids. And then to find out that you're, that you're going to have kids. I mean, that's amazing. And you turned it into something so positive. That's just amazing. Yeah. It's, it's so weird to think now because there are days where I'm like, man, motherhood is so hard. I mean, we all have those days, right? And I'm like, this is like, especially when they, they were younger, I would find myself crying and being like, this is why I didn't want kids. Like, this is so hard. But now looking back, it's like, but if I hadn't had kids, like, where would my career be now? Like, mm. what would I be doing? Because I've made, I've, I've made a career out of talking and encouraging to other moms uh, because I became one. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So you are super busy. Like I see your stuff all over the place and by stuff, I mean writing, which is amazing. How do you balance having two kids and a career at the same time? Like what are, how do you do it? Um, well, my two best friends are caffeine and insomnia. So that <laughs> helps. Um, <laughs> um, you know what? So here's the biggest thing is that being a mom and you know this being a mom then you crave and you need that time to yourself right you need like that downtime whether it comes at four in the morning or at midnight then I like many other moms would like wait until the house was super quiet and I could just sit and be alone with my thoughts and I would use that time to yes write in order to uh earn money and make a name for myself but it was also just therapy for me like Mm. I would just wait I would go through my day and I'd have an idea for an essay or an idea for a blog post or something and it would just be rolling around in my head all day and then finally both kids went to sleep for more than like five minutes and I could sit down (laughs) and then I could write it out and so I used it not only to like help myself process those tough days or those those good days too um to process that time. And then that would help me unwind and me kind of figure my own self out. And then I knew shortly after I started my career, cause I had um, a really uh, popular scary mommy post go really big called, I never wanted to be a mom. And that really resonated with people. So mm-hmm. I knew that my story wasn't just my story. And that if I was sitting up at 2am processing a hard day, there was another mom out there who was doing the same thing. Um, so I just used it, used, I, I found those pockets of time to make it work. And now uh, you and I were just talking before we started to record that I'm in this golden season that I've earned where both my kids <laughs> are in school all day, which is so many more possibilities because now I have like seven solid hours um, of silence. So that's, 
Oh, I'm so jealous of that. We will get there in a few years. But yes, we will. It's amazing. <laughs> so what what are you currently working on? Like, so now that you have this golden season, like, what does that look like for you? What are you spending your days doing? So right now I'm doing, um, uh, the biggest thing I'm doing is I'm looking for at least a part-time job um, with regular work because I do have an entrepreneurial spirit um, but I also would like to be bringing in more of a steady income and having steady work mm-hmm. because I believe that we were all made to work in some way. And I feel that I need to get some sort of consistent income to justify uh, how dirty my house is. <laughs> so <laughs> uh-huh. so uh, part of what I'm doing right now is applying for uh, writer jobs and social media jobs. And then I'm also just kind of brainstorming. Um, my next step and what I want that to look like. Mm. So I know that I'm going to look into becoming a coach like you. Um, and I'm also planning, uh, to launch my podcast and kind of outlining what that's going to look like. And then also kind of in the back of my head thinking about another book, but, um, we'll see what happens. So I'm just kind of, I'm adjusting to this new season of having all this free time and then trying to decide what the next what the next best step is in order to use that time. So I'm not just watching binge watching friends on Netflix all day, eating nachos when I could be working. Oh my gosh. But that sounds so amazing. It is amazing. I have done it. I just can't do it the entire time that my kids are in school. So. Right. It's so hard. And I think a lot of times we equate like entrepreneurial gigs as making a lot of money. Like some of the popular entrepreneurs that we see are like, you know, earning six figure incomes. But I don't think that that's true for most entrepreneurs. I think that the amount of time that you spend on your career, your business, your ideas, you know, your baby compared to how much you make is often, you know, that's you're making less than a part-time job. Yes. It's very disproportionate. Yes, it is. And that can create, you know, like you were talking about earlier, just that desire to have some income coming in so that you can feel justified in that. And I so resonate with that. It is it is so hard, especially as a female trying to like create brands and to share your passions and ideas with the world. It it can be a little anxiety provoking. Yeah. And I know that you've been so, one of the things I love about you is just how honest you are with your, not only your successes, but also your struggles. And it is so amazing to see how you just are so transparent with that. And I know one of the things that you've kind of talked about on social media is your struggle with anxiety. Mm-hmm. which I think 99.9% of the people listening to this can resonate with. Can you talk a little bit about how you have experienced anxiety and how you live with it and work with it rather than against it? Yeah. Um, so I've had both anxiety and depression um, off and on since I was about 12. Um <sighs> And so I was in therapy when I was 15 uh, for uh, self-harm. And then I went to more therapy in college. Um, And so the anxiety didn't really, it didn't get, 
it was manageable. I was able to live with it, even being married to Luke. But it was when I had um, my son, Levi, that postpartum depression hit and anxiety hit really hard. Mm. Um, And I knew that while I could, in a way, that Luke and I could suffer through it and handle it, I couldn't do that to my babies um, because they needed a mom who was present, who was being her best self. Um, and so, yeah, so I went to, um, saw my doctor at the time and I, <laughs> she actually asked me why I was there and I said, I'm going batshit crazy <laughs> and I hope that it's okay that I can swear because it, it cause that's just what I was feeling. Like I was anxious mm-hmm. all the time. I was having panic attacks, like, and, and I was a stay at home mom to two babies. Like you can't, can't. That that's not the way to live life and to be a mm. mom, you know. Mm. Um, so I got uh, I got on medication and things were great. Um, the problem, and many people do this, or is we go for a couple months and we're feeling fine. We're like, oh, we're feeling great. We don't need these pills anymore, and so we stop taking them. And then we're surprised and upset that our anxiety is back and our depression's back and we're not motivated to do things. We're not wanting to get out of bed. Um, and so I've been on and off my meds a couple of times and I only recently, probably in the past three months, got back on them after being off of them for about a year because I thought I was like, I can do this. Like, I don't need this anymore. I can do it. It's going to be fine. Um, and it wasn't like my, I had days where I just cried for no reason. And like I said, the anxiety of that kept me from like paying my bills, even though like we had the money in our bank account, like just silly things that it seemed like such mm. small steps were like huge mountains that like I couldn't conquer. Um, and I have shared all that on social media because I know I'm, I'm not the only one and mental health. It's, it's getting so much more, it's getting talked about so much more now, which is so good, but there's still a huge stigma, especially tied to anxiety because people who don't have it don't understand because you can't see it. You know, like you can see somebody crying, but you can't see somebody's on the inside where their muscles are tense and their mind is racing and they can't think straight and they just want to curl up on a ball. Um, And so I felt like talking about it was the best way to encourage other moms and let them know, Hey, you're not alone. Hey, I'm dealing with this too. Hey, it's going to be okay. And mm-hmm. offer resources and phone numbers. And I've encouraged a lot of people like get into therapy. If like, if you can get into therapy, because it's such a big, it helps you get, yeah, it helps you so much to like work out what you're feeling, why you're feeling and also how to work through it. So, yeah. Yeah. Therapy is, I mean, we talk about that in the podcast and on Facebook Lives all the time, just how valuable that resource is of having somebody that's a third party, unbiased resource for you that is trained with tools to help you learn how to work with your anxiety rather than working against it. Because I think that, like you said, there's still that stigma. And so the idea of taking medication for so many people is like off the table and they just are struggling and suffering. And so it's amazing to hear somebody that is doing all of these amazing things, also having, you know, some support in that form too. Yep. If that makes sense. Totally. 
I just feel like you and I kind of sit in the same boat on that where it's like, you know, I should be able to do this on my own. I should be able to think my way through this. I should be able to overcome this anxiety. Like I should have enough faith. I should (laughs) be able to pray my way through this. Jesus is enough. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I just remember seeing, you know, you posted a picture, I think it was Instagram of like your, your little orange pill bottle. And I was just like, Oh, someone else, like somebody else struggles too. Like it's not just me. And I feel like that's something that's so great. And one of the gifts that you bring is just that relatability and giving women the opportunity to have those me too moments that are so pivotal for personal growth that without those, you have those thoughts and you're ruled by the shoulds of all the ways that you should be better than the anxiety. And I just love that you bring it down to such a real level and you're so real about it. Because I think, you know, there's a lot of, with that stigma, there's a lot of shame and a lot of guilt that comes with that. And I just... You are amazing, and I love that you share that so openly. Thank you. You know, like, I I believe that I'm going through these experiences for a reason, and I believe mm-hmm. the reason is because other women need to know that they're not alone, and so if I share my story, that gives them the power to share their story, which will encourage another person to share their story, because the only way we're going to get through this is with each other. So we all just need to be honest and transparent with ourselves and with each other. And then together, together, not by ourselves, but together, then we can overcome it, you know? Yes. Yes. And I love that there's such a shift in the culture right now. Like it is an exciting time to be a woman in our culture for like the first time ever. It's like there is a huge, oh, I have goosebumps so big. There is a huge shift taking place. And I just, I think you and I are on the same page as far as seeing what the future could look like, not only for ourselves, but for our kids too, especially daughters, as they're coming into this new world where women are not dismissed. Women are not hiding. Women are coming out of the woodwork and saying, hey, me too, having these moments, being like, you know what? Enough is enough. Like, (laughs) I want to start showing up in my life and I want to start being seen. I'm tired of not being seen. And I just love that your writing is giving voice to that and giving just so much to this movement. It's amazing. Thank you so much. I just love it. And I just want to ask you if you had one piece of advice for the ladies out there that are listening to this, if you had one piece of advice, what would you, what would you say? What? And P.S. She's not prepared for this question at all. I totally just threw that out of left field (laughs) to put you on the spot. So (laughs) you're welcome. Thank you so much, Kim. (laughs) Um, you know, I would say my one piece of advice is to believe that the people in your life believe that they love you. Hmm. Um, because if you believe that the people in your life that you've chosen to surround yourself with, if you believe that they love you, then you can trust them. And if you can trust them, you can 
open up to them and you can walk with them and you can allow them to walk with you. Because when we're, like I said, when we're all doing life together, then that's how everybody grows and that's how we mature and that's how we make drastic changes in our lives and in our neighborhoods and in our families and in our culture um, is by sticking together, staying with one another, lifting each other up, listening to each other. Mm. Um, But that only happens if you believe that the people that you've chosen to put in your life, if they love you. So look at your circle of influence and tell yourself, these people love me and I can trust them and see, see what magic comes from that. Can we also add into that, that if you do have people that are not serving you. Kick them to the curb. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Definitely. Yeah. I think we, sometimes we stay stuck in cycles of not, I don't want to say abuse, but just like we settle for relationships with less boundaries and ones where maybe it's a friendship of convenience on the other person's side. I have been subject to so many of those Yep, where you're not valued like you should be. And if you're in relationships like that, like Tony just said, kick it to the curb because that does not serve you. That does not nope. benefit you at all. You know, relationships are meant to be two-way streets, right? Mutually fulfilling on both sides. And I totally just am drawing in the air an infinity circle. Um, (laughs) You can't see this, but that's what's happening. And so I love what you just said about, you know, recognizing who is in your circle that, you know, that is on your team that's supporting you, loving you, caring for you, and to allow them to do that and not push them away, right? Because we also do that. We also think like, oh, well, I, I could do it on my own, you know? Like, yes, it's easier for me to not depend on anybody. It's easier for me to not let other people in, even though we have those people who are trying to get in, like the bugs on my window right now. <laughs> see them. They are trying to get in. They yeah. want in so bad. But you have to choose to let people in. Yep. That's and exactly it. Yeah. And I just, I love that. That is a great piece of advice. I love it. Well, Tony, thank you so much for giving me your time today and for giving us some insight. Where can people find you? Um, the, well, there's tonyhammer.com, which is my website. So if you want to read more of my work, because uh, I was a staff writer for Scary Mommy for a number of years. And so, I have essays about everything and they're funny and some are serious and some are silly. Um, So you can find all that at TonyHammer.com. You can find me on Facebook at Tony Hammer Writer, W-R-I-T-E-R. Twitter, Real Tony Hammer, R-E-A-L. And Instagram is Tony two underscores Hammer. So that's where I hang out on the social medias. Perfect. Perfect. And do people, do you have an email list that people can sign up for? I do. Yeah. If you go, no, maybe I don't. You know what? Oh, no, I do. I do. (laughs) If you go to uh, tonyhammer.com, then you wait about 10 seconds and uh, there'll be a pop-up on the bottom of your screen and you'll also get uh, my free PDF guide, uh, real self-care for real moms. It's just a short eight item list of, uh, real tangible ways that you can start taking care of yourself today. Oh my gosh. I love that. I'm totally going to go download that right now. Yeah. 
That's amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Tony, for being here today. And I cannot wait for your next book. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This was super fun, Kim. Yes. Oh, I cannot wait. We'll definitely have to have you back. Sounds good. All right. Thank you so much, you guys, for listening in today. I hope that you were able to find some Me Too moments with Miss Tony. And like I said, be sure to head over to TonyHammer.com and check out some of her work. She is incredible. Again, you can also find that on ScaryMommy.com. So I guess that's it for us today, and we'll see you next time.